0: All right. Well, thanks for coming back to the Bigfoot Society podcast. We have Mark Madsky with us. Of course, you may have uh, heard of Mark from the Small Town uh, Monsters. If you're on the YouTube channel, then you can see the hat I'm wearing. So, uh, Mark, hats off to you. The, the Small Town Monsters thing is really cool. Uh, of course, this is from the Kickstarter, uh, I want to say, like, two years ago. Uh, I was the... um. Who which one was it? It was the one with on the trail of Bigfoot. <clears throat> okay, right. I had to I had to get into that. And uh, I was at, actually involved with the uh the um um the filming of the one with um I'm blanking on the name. You got to help me out, but it, it's the one with um Terror in the Skies, right? Yep. Terror in the Skies. Yeah, yes. I was uh Asking questions to certain individuals that were uh, filmed in Iowa, okay, the same yeah. day of the Van Meter Visitor Festival. So okay, that so cool. that
1: would be uh, Chad Lewis mm-hmm. and and yep. Kevin Nelson.
0: Totally, yeah, yeah, cool. yeah. wow. My buddy uh, Andrew Peterson was filming that with his friends. So excellent. Good stuff.
1: Yeah, that's very cool. Yeah, I mean, I yeah. d- compliments because I don't even have a small town monsters hat. <laughs>
0: <laughs> that's, that's something we
1: get on seth about a lot of the crew doesn't have it because oh really there was yeah There was an original wave of hats a very limited yep. run those sold out very quickly at at conferences and things yeah there's, there's not a lot, lot
0: of those from what he says there are
1: not yeah. so <laughs> we even bang on seth occasionally to say you know do you have our hats
0: yet and
1: <laughs> a lot of us don't so that's awesome <laughs> yeah. that's awesome
0: well, before this becomes the Hat Podcast, which I'm sure people listening would love. Yes. <clears throat> uh, so, Mark, would you mind, uh, how do you introduce yourself?
1: Well, I guess I would say that as far as Small Town Monsters goes, I am uh support behind the scenes. Um, I've been a co-writer on a lot of the most recent films uh, ever since... What well, Boggy Creek Monster, I started to do some of the uh, um, transcribing of the interviews, which is oh, yeah. simply taking the uh, the recorded interview and breaking it down almost word for word so that when Seth is, is going through or whoever's editing a given project can see, you know, where the topics shift in the conversation or in an interview mm-hmm. makes it easier yep. to edit. And then yep. from there, um, you know, I got into. The um, uh, co-writing on uh, invasion on Chestnut Ridge, and also uh, okay. narrated that one. So I I, that. I, I've done a little bit of everything. Um, some, of, a lot of the B-roll. I, I shouldn't say a lot, but a, a good deal of the B-roll on on the Trail of Bigfoot was mm-hmm. taken oh, on yeah. my on my iPhone. Uh, so it's fun to watch that now and go back and say, "Hey,
0: that's that's."
1: footage i got just shooting my iphone you know trailing behind seth and and whoever we were talking to at a given yep. moment and shane corson
0: and those guys uh, um, i just had so, shane on this he's, yes sorry to interrupt but no shane no it's fun i just had shane on the podcast he's a fun fun talk yeah he is fun he's good. He's, he's good
1: he's he really knows his stuff and he's one of those guys that you would just say is absolutely legit in terms mm-hmm. of being out there in the field you know somebody like me i would characterize as just 100 percent a researcher in this (laughs) like historic sense yeah in the the book sense and i mean we we go out for the films and interview people and go on site to some of these famous areas but yeah what shane does uh what Derek randalls and those guys do is the other end of the spectrum is absolutely mm-hmm. necessary which is the day in day out or just as often as possible field work that they do gotcha. and uh yeah shane's awesome i think seth would tell you he saved our life most likely out on the p- <laughs> olympic peninsula <laughs> are you kidding well um, oh wow he heard something in the woods mm-hmm. and he was real cool about it but he went to check it out and he was kind of 90 percent sure that there was a mountain lion in the wow. general vicinity he heard it and no we kidding. heard something and so you know he he went into the woods after whatever was making the sound i guess to either oh flush it goodness. out or scare it away yeah and he said yeah that's probably a mountain lion you guys and we're like okay
0: oh. <laughs> That's nothing to. That's nothing to mess around with. Yeah, they'll, like, they'll jump on you and snap your neck. Like right, it's, it's crazy. pretty serious. Yeah. and
1: yeah. we we made light of it because that's yeah how we handle most <laughs> things. But later on, I think it kind of hit us that this is the real deal. You know, this is uh, Pacific Northwest to the uttermost. Oh but, yeah, totally. Yeah, totally. But I guess all that is to say, my role with Small Town Monsters is is I I think of it mostly in terms of writing and okay. helping to um give give from a narrative standpoint some editing Uh, i love the um narration part of it i love to you know i'm i'm really happy with how invasion and on chestnut ridge turned out from a narration Mm -hmm. standpoint and being able to do champ um and one of um the case files episodes i do ufos of the ridge uh so that it's just but like uh, a jack of all trades behind the scenes type guy, and at the same time then um being co-host on SassWhat originally and now Monsteropolis with Seth. Yeah. Is another way that um you know, it it's taken a couple different forms over the years, but uh I can honestly say that it's probably because of SassWhat uh the most and first. That that opened the doors for me to just network and meet a lot of the people who I had read books by. Yep. And then all of a sudden, I was was talking to them in an interview format like this, or meeting them at conferences, and they had listened to shows that Seth and I had did, which was pretty crazy. And um, so, I I guess my to sum it all up, my role is as a, a researcher and. Sort of a, a behind the scenes, uh, just a help, just a helper. And That's awesome. It, it's opened so cool. many doors for me. I can't even. Oh, I mean,
0: I'm sure. I'm, yeah, I'm sure. Yeah, yep. Um, so there's that. What is what's the nine to five for Marty What's Yeah, that? the nine
1: what's to five about? is, um, I uh, my vocation is as a called minister in the Lutheran mm-hmm. Church. Cool. Um, People who are into the denominational breakdown. We are Lutheran Church Missouri Synod, Mm -hmm. uh, which was founded largely by German immigrants to the United States, uh, coming into the Missouri area, St. Louis, and the surrounding, you know, uh, Mississippi River Valley area, and then fanning out across the United States. But um, that's you know, and it's I'm a, a pastor of a church. Okay. That has in the neighborhood of 450 members or so.
0: Oh, that's very solid. That's yeah, solid, dude. it's a yeah. it's a
1: pretty um, yeah, pretty active church. Good and one that is situated about 20 miles due east of downtown Cleveland. So we're okay, um, northeast Ohio, and, um, and it's it's just a, a great situation for me and the thing that is interesting <laughs> is uh you know you kind of tentatively start letting people in on what your interests are after being there for a little while at least so that um you know they, they you have established a relationship of trust so then you can also right. say hey you know guess yep. what my my hobby essentially is and um that's awesome it, it's really been very well accepted i mean i can't imagine Somebody, you know, a pastor in the church doing what I do 50 years ago, I, I just yeah, don't totally. see it happening.
0: No um, way. Yeah. No way. Yep. Uh,
1: attitudes have changed tremendously to the point mm-hmm. where um, a lot of our, shouldn't say a lot, but a handful of members either know what I do and like it and listen to the shows to the, and others awesome. are to the degree that they've backed Kickstarters consistently, like. Very cool. uh, for, for many years and consecutively. So the the support really is there and, and they enjoy hearing the stories, I think. And some of them have even told me about some of the more unusual things that have happened to them. And again, I don't think maybe even 10 or 15 years ago, they probably would have felt as comfortable talking about cryptids or mm-hmm. hauntings or anything like that. Oh, yeah. And there's just a general um, comfort level with that these days that I find pretty refreshing, for obvious reasons. Um, yeah. So that's been that's been
0: cool. Do you ever have a, a visitor to your church that comes up to you after the uh, end of the service and is like, "Great, great message, Pastor." Well, let's talk Bigfoot now that I got you. Like <laughs> that's got to happen, or has that never happened?
1: That has never happened at okay. church. Although I have an interesting story that's close to that. But okay. what has happened is, what the where it's come close is at various screenings that have taken place, and mm-hmm. we always try to get a movie shown, yeah, sometime closely after the general release at the Canton Palace Theater.
0: Yeah, a exactly. beautiful mm-hmm. old
1: theater and in. in Downtown Canton, and I've had people come up to me at Palace screenings afterwards and say, "You know, we drove up from Columbus, and we go to the church of Pastor that you know." So I've had those type of connections where it's been close. That's cool. Yeah. Yeah. Right? Yep. So you know, and, and they—it's cool. sort of the same sensation, and what they're telling me is, "It's so cool." that, you know, they, they express it to me as, you know, we were watching, you know, we were watching STM on Amazon prime and it said that you were a Lutheran pastor and we couldn't believe Mm -hmm. it. So we connected some of the dots and, you know, we, we go to a church of someone, another pastor who knows you very well. And and so there are those type of
0: connections that are out there. That is so cool. Yeah. Yeah. Going back to, You've already mentioned that because of uh, Saswa and Small Town Monsters, et cetera, you've had some really cool experience. What, What is, uh, if you had to say the number one, like I can't believe that just happened to me or that I'm here, what would that be? And that's probably going to be tough because I can think of like three <laughs> for you.
1: <laughs> yeah, I think the A number one would have to be Last year uh, I was invited and my son Andy was invited to present at the international cryptozoology conference held in Portland, Maine. Portland, Maine. Yep. Yeah. When, when Lauren asked us not only to come out, but to present, Mm -hmm. I mean, it's the whole, you could have knocked me over with a feather type of situation and I think related to that would have you know a very close second is also Lauren Coleman related because you know that's yeah he was one of my major ways into the field of cryptozoology in the first place, reading Mysterious America, you know, the first sure. edition in the mid eighties as a kid. And uh, when he when we invited him out to the second Minerva Monster Day, Seth asked if Andy and I would pick him up from the airport. And just make sure he got to his hotel in Minerva, Ohio later that day. So we got to pick him up, drive him around, you know, go antique shopping. Oh, so the whole day we're like, "Yeah, oh, that's the best right there." Yeah, Yeah. it was just thinking about it right now. I mean, you can (laughs) tell. I just there's like an unreal quality to it. Yeah, that was enhanced a hundredfold by the fact that he was just. Down to earth, uh, yep, super I, uh, interested in Andy and what his like his academic interests were and what his you know extracurricular interests were. Mm-hmm. We basically spent those two whole days with him and um, just got to got to know him at a, a very personal level. And there's a point at which. Um, you know, he's, he brought items to sell in our vendors area. And so it had a little international cryptozoology museum table set up among nice. the vendors. And He had to go in. I, I think he wanted to watch the screening of Minerva Monster. So he asked my son, I, will you run my table for me?
0: Oh, that's awesome. Said,
1: yeah. yeah. And he said, okay, <laughs> well, Andy, now you're a, you are on staff at the International Cryptozoology Museum. And we were Very just like, cool. Very looking cool. at each other like this is this is the best. So I think, you know, they're they're all related in some way um to Lauren. And um I guess I would say in this time of lockdown, it's mm-hmm. I would, you know, if if it you if it you have the means to do this, um, support your favorite small business Oh uh, cryptozoology 100%, 100%. And supernatural 100%. people. Yeah. people. Um, ICM, um, you know, guys like Cliff Berrickman and the yep.
0: North American Bigfoot Center. Absolutely. Right? I, I think it's really it.
1: important right now. Um, for the to, next generation, so it's around. Exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Yep. So the the yeah, the being asked to go out there and actually present in front of the, the crowd that had gathered was it was really unforgettable. And I put together a little presentation on the peninsula python, which is a Northeast Ohio. (laughs) Yeah. It's a specific couple of cases of the allegedly a sighting of a full grown python in the Cuyahoga river Valley and around a small location near peninsula Ohio, which is within the Hmm. Cuyahoga Valley national park today. Check that out. And um, it's just an incredible story. Not because I'm convinced that people actually saw a, a big python, but because of how it became woven into the local culture.
0: Um, exactly.
1: Yeah, mostly yep. because of one singular person, uh, a writer for a Cleveland paper named Robert Bordner, who is also um, uh, a, a Peninsula resident, mm. and he ended up being the um, the first president of the Peninsula uh, local public library. And if you go to the Peninsula library today, there are there's one major mosaic on an interior wall that's uh, Peninsula Python themed.
0: Oh, really? And that's because so cool. he commissioned
1: a local artist to do it. <laughs> and it survives. I mean, and occasionally wow. Peninsula will still have Peninsula Python days, mm-hmm. not every year. And it's kind of weather dependent or whether yep. there's, The Chamber of Commerce sort of feels like doing it, but it survives to this the present day. Although I I fear that it's in danger of, you know, outside of Peninsula proper. If you were to ask somebody in the Cleveland area, have you heard of the Peninsula Python? And chances are they'd say no, just because it's so specific and so small scale. But I just, I love the entire story and uh, Peninsula Library houses essentially every article ever written by Bordner and others about the Python, and uh, it's fun to go in there because the director is more than happy to talk to anybody about oh, it.: Oh, yeah, totally. <laughs> like you know about this?: <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I do. can you can you show me anything? And, and he just opened the files, so that was pretty, pretty awesome.
0: Yeah, I. Uh, it sounds just like how the Van Meter Visitor is in uh, Van Meter, Iowa, um, just outside of where I live in West Des Moines. And that is just the most fun day festival I've gone for the last four or five years. And every year it gets a little bit bigger. You wait, it's going to be huge. Like mm-hmm. this last year we had like Jay Pichochin, you know, from Wisconsin. So I, I'm serious, like every year. Yeah small town monsters is coming up next. Like, yes, we're going to, yeah. yeah. Like who knows what the future will bring, but it's very cool. Like those little towns in their heritage like that. I love that stuff. You know, I grew mm-hmm. up in Western mass and man, the stuff out there is crazy too. Oh, yeah. But, um, so coming up in the future, um, well, I mean, it, it, who knows right now, but I know that you had some interesting things planned for future small town monsters. Um including things like, you know, like the bell, which, which is very, like, that's kind of a departure from like the cryptid stuff. Um, is that something where you've had to like, you know, kind of mentally prepared for that coming, coming down the pike or like how, you know, I don't know. I would have to think maybe twice about how close I get involved with that. Um but that's that's me. Sure, you know. I mean, yeah. yeah and like, I don't know. <laughs> I understand. It's crazy if you read that story, right? It like, is. Yeah. Yes.
1: Yeah. Yeah. No doubt. It is. It isn't. A, it is a departure for sure, and it's um, in a sense, it's the type of expansion that we're we're starting to do. In the sense that, uh, you know, Seth is open always to ideas from his team about what do you want to do next? Oh, okay. What projects do you want to consider? Because this, the the whole of Witch project really was brought to Seth by Jason Yudis, who is a, a production manager for us and does a lot of the, the stuff that you don't typically think of in terms of filmmaking, but, you know, everybody who who uh, participates in an interview on screen for example you need them to sign a waiver that they're not going to come back and you know file a lawsuit mm-hmm. or something because they don't like how it turned out and you know just scheduling right. appointments things like that and he does all that and Jason has also branched out into co-writing and he was a co-writer okay. on Momo for example
0: i love momo so oh, much oh oh good goodness, thank that's you that's the most fun movie to watch <laughs>
1: Great. You guys did really good on that. Oh, I appreciate I love that it. so much.
0: Being in central Iowa, um, I was like, I was like, I could just drive down. I could just drive down. Mm-hmm. But I, I know there's going to be people I try that crud. But I was like, <laughs> it's so close. <laughs> I could. Oh, man. I loved it. Yeah. yeah. That was a really
1: amazing thing for me because my involvement was on that was I didn't participate in any of the filming because, Mm -hmm. well, I shouldn't say that in the documentary portion, I didn't participate in the filming for the, the uh, faux film. I was involved in that part of it. Uh, But for me, the the most fun was, was writing uh, because it was, it was Jason and I and Seth um, working on the film within the film. And that was just a blast to do. And, and what was so striking to me was how the, the film in my head, how close it actually came to being what you see on screen, because you kind of, you go into it from a writer standpoint thinking, I'm going to put this down on paper and chances are, it'll not, it'll never look anything like what I'm thinking. And just the opposite happened. It was pretty wild in that regard, but, um, nice. But anyway, back to the Bell Witch. I mean, uh, the. I think the way that we're looking at this story, as freaky as it is, and as I I really resonate with what you say about thinking twice about (laughs) getting involved closely with it, in in small town monsters fashion, we're most interested probably in the folkloric elements.
0: Okay. Cool.
1: Yep. Yep. Not to say that it's going to be a a dry academic exercise. I don't think it will be, but we're going to be trying to um, probably make some connections between Bellwitch and I'm just learning now about this whole um, wizard clip story that comes out of West Virginia. I'd never heard of this before, and I'm just starting to hear about it now, but it's got some of the same poltergeist-ish elements to it and, um, you know, families being afflicted, religious figures, you know, clerical figures becoming involved. So you you hear some of these early stories and you set them next to one another and it raises some questions. And I think that's sort of what we're, that's one of the angles we'll probably take in terms of telling the story. That's cool.
0: I can't wait. Are you up for some uh, rapid fire questions? Yeah. From absolutely. Instagram. All right, cool. Okay. <clears throat> First one is from uh, uh cryptid chat girl, which is, um, Yami's really cool. So uh, listeners check her out. Uh, I've actually had a episode with her a few back, but she asks, what is the most interesting thing you've investigated or would like to investigate? Hmm. Yeah, that's a, it's a great
1: Yeah, that is. Yeah. I think, well, uh, I, I've sort of talked about it before, probably uh, on one hand, uh, I'll <laughs> I'll make it a two-part rapid fire. One On okay. one hand is the Peninsula Python story, just because uh-huh. it's so unique yep. to our area. And there's a, a cultural imprint here that's still, you can trace it which I find absolutely fascinating. And there's so many rabbit trails with it, including the history of the artist who did the mosaic of the peninsula Python. That's awesome. And also the mosaic that's on the front of the library itself, which is of the Cuyahoga river uh, winding through the Valley and, uh, and her history as an artist. So but uh, probably that, and also because of the literally walking into the, the uh, historical society and having them get the stuff out of the file cabinet and lay it out in front of me—that's um, cool. It's just an cool. unforgettable experience. One that I yep. kind of hope to uh, do over again in the future, maybe for future research or something. But um, I think on to go a different direction with that question was the time that we were able to spend in um, Wisconsin in uh at bray road and in in jefferson county in particular being on site at uh, the saint coletta's institute where the the old 1930s report uh from the night watchman uh uh shackleton i think was his name uh this is like 1932 he saw what appears today we'd call a dog man digging in an
0: Indian burial mound.
1: Okay. Yeah. Yep, I've heard of this. I'm
0: like, this sounds yeah. super familiar. Yeah. Yeah.
1: It's it's one of the, it's a backbone of um, Linda Godfrey's research. I think she's mm-hmm. oh, pretty she's much responsible nice, for yeah, nice yeah for bringing that story to light. Yeah. So I think that that too. Um, you know, in the mid to late '90s, I became aware of. The Bray Road incident, and um, through Inside Edition and all of those things, and then getting getting my hands on it's awesome. Yeah, and, yeah. Well, getting, hey,
0: that's what you had back then. That's right? what it Inside was. Inside Edition. Yeah, it's crazy. and yeah.
1: that was that was kind of a an eye opening reminder going back through footage for uh, Beast of Bray Road because we did um, look into that a lot, uh, look into those sources. Um, but that I think that was really that was one of the most interesting things too because you know Linda got us access to some places um, nice. where you know it's private property I mean not you just can't go there and right. hang out and hope to see the beast of Bray Road uh, it's, it's it's really hard actually if any, I I'm you know I would say to anybody who's up there in extreme, uh, Southern Wisconsin, if you have the chance to drive up and down Bray road, by all means do it, but just know there's nowhere to stop.
0: That's it's what all, I hear. Yeah. Yeah.
1: yeah. <laughs> it's all fields yeah. and yeah. privately owned property. And, you know, if you know farmers and, you know, they don't necessarily like people just no. <laughs> roving around
0: on their. <laughs> they have shotguns. Yeah. yeah,
1: exactly. So, uh, she was able to get us in to places there that, um, warranted some further investigation and questions and we got to talk to people that she knows and has vetted, you know, in a sense. So that that was super interesting because I think that whole Bray Road and the the dog man of, of Wisconsin, there's so much going on there uh, just from a phenomena standpoint that it's endlessly fascinating to me. That's awesome.
0: Uh, And the second question, uh, you've pretty much already covered. uh, I think it's your Andy's your son, right? (laughs) Okay, yeah. So Andy asks, yes, uh, is Dogman real, and where can I find him? Uh, You've pretty much already covered it. (laughs) But if you have any follow up, he seems to be trolling you on this one. Yeah, Yeah. a little bit,
1: a little bit. I'd say look under your bed. Maybe there's one under there.
0: Gotcha. dad comes through. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Very cool. We're actually already getting close to the end. Um, if no one, and I, I would find this surprising, but if people have never heard of you, um, what is the best way that they can keep up to date with what you're doing? Uh, social media plug stuff, what have you? Sure.
1: Well, um, Ultimately, I'd say smalltownmonsters.got.com dot com would be the place to start okay. uh, because we have uh, that's sort of the central location where you can learn about all of the films and uh, the podcasts are linked up there as well.
0: Mm-hmm. Okay,
1: uh, so you know the the back catalog to Saswat is linked up there as well nice. as Monsteropolis, which is an mm-hmm. active podcast, and um, you know Saswat was essentially 100% Bigfoot-themed, although we did veer occasionally into other topics. But Monsteropolis is very much in the coast-to-coast AM or um, in search <laughs> of type of you know, grab bag type of thing, just because we wanted to be able to talk about whatever we felt like on a given week. So that's, that's sort of the, the theme of Monsteropolis is essentially... Yeah, it's great. Whatever.
0: <laughs> you know, what, the uh the episode where you go over the history of Bigfoot exploitation movies in the 70s and 80s oh, yeah. is fantastic. That should be a book. Like it is really, really good. Like if you never heard that episode, go listen to it after this. It's really good. Oh, thank you. That's yeah. that's like
1: that's in our wheelhouse for sure. So good. <laughs> so I'm glad <laughs> that you like that. Cause um, and also I seriously, if you're interested in in Bigfoot cinema in general, you have to pick up um, David Coleman's book. I believe it's the Bigfoot filmography.
0: Um, Oh, yeah, yeah. I've, yep. I know which one you're talking about. It's it's
1: so thorough as I couldn't, you know, it's not the type of book that you necessarily pick up and read cover to cover because it's too expansive. There's just too much Mm -hmm. information, but it's perfect for the type of research that Someone would do for an episode like that, you know. Very cool. Yeah. Someone oh, wants yeah. To learn that's more about yeah. Creature from Black Lake, for example, you just mm-hmm. got like three or four pages on it, which I don't think there anywhere else you could go <laughs> would have that much yeah, information right. exactly. in one place. So, yeah. So that, that's it. We're also, of course, Monsteropolis and Small Town Monsters both are active on Facebook, mm-hmm. Instagram, Twitter all the usual suspects.
0: Very Um, cool. Very cool. Well, thank you again for coming on. Uh, We'll have to have you on in the future. Uh, Maybe once you get, if you get to the point where you're going and doing the bell, which stuff I would love to have kind of a retrospective episode where you talk about anything that happens when you're doing that. That'd be cool. But uh, again, thank you for coming on. Um, Yeah. Yeah, thanks for having we'll me. We'll be we'll be talking blast. to you later. Okay. Cool. Thank you.